0: world and thank you for tuning in we're going to continue in our series what's so important about the book of james and we've been talking about the tongue being a fire and that death and life are in the power of the tongue as proverbs eighteen twenty one says and jesus said it pretty clearly in matthew chapter 12 verses 34 through 37 brood of vipers how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. That's a strong message right there. But you see, our tongue can be a blessing, and our tongue can be a curse, Proverbs twelve eighteen says, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Proverbs chapter 13, verses two through three says, a man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence and he who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. What we say is very, very important. James covers this pretty clearly. When he says that our tongue is like a fire and that it can be set on fire by hell, I find that a very strong statement. I was thinking about fire and thinking of two types. One is called a wildfire, and a wildfire is uncontrolled. It starts up and spreads very, very quickly. It destroys everything in its sight. It's not particular. It will destroy anything good or bad. And even professional firefighters can lose their lives because of its dangers. But then there's another fire called a controlled burn. A controlled burn is actually caused by firefighters, but they're very trained. They're very knowledgeable in what they're doing. And with a controlled fire, they burn the underbrush and clear it out. They don't kill the life that's there. They don't kill the trees. They just clear it up so life can come and life can be born. And to protect the forest from wildfires. And a controlled burn can save houses, people, buildings, trees, and life. That's how we should be with our mouths. A controlled burn takes planning. It takes thought. It takes process. It doesn't happen right away. You have to plan out what you're going to do and what you're going to say. Instead of just blurting things out of our mouths, most of the time we need to think first and then speak. Plan out what we're going to say. Are we going to speak wildfire or are we going to speak a controlled burn? That's a great example of what James is trying to tell us. Proverbs 15:4 says a wholesome or a healing tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. And Proverbs 17:9 says, "He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends." I remember when I had forgiven someone, and a few years later I was telling somebody about that And the Lord said, why are you repeating this matter? And I said, well, uh, what do you mean? He said, I thought you forgave that person. I said, oh, my gosh. And the Lord said, if you forgave him, you wouldn't be repeating it. You see, like James says, the tongue is a fire. If it is a hell fire, it'll produce death, unruly evil, corruption, destruction, lies, foolishness, cursings, perversion, hate and separation. It's a deadly poison that kills. But if it's a holy fire, it'll produce authority. Prophecy, praise, blessings, healing, truth, wisdom, unity, love, and life. It's a miracle producer that brings life. Matthew 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Well, whatever fire you have, you will eat its fruit. So will our tongue be led by hellfire or by Holy Spirit fire? Will we be a wildfire bringing destruction and death, or will we be a controlled burn bringing life, peace, and protection? Another big subject that James talks about that's very important is pride and humility. The two New King James Version pericopes or subtitles are pride promotes strife and humility cures worldliness. Mm, Pride promotes strife, And humility cures worldliness. That's interesting. Let's see what James has to say about it in chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. This is Pride Promotes Strife. He says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, that's a strong statement there. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'll say that again. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Great words from James. This word proud in the original Greek is huperaphanos. It's from two root words, huper meaning over and phanomai meaning to appear. So when we consider these two root words together, we find it is an appearance of something that is not actually true. We could say it's putting on an appearance, much like the big fish story. It was this big, when in all actuality, it's a puffed up, inflated lie. Oh my, this word proud is true arrogance and haughtiness to the max. If you operate in pride, you will not only have people resisting you, you will have God resisting you. If he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, it makes you think. Does that mean grace for the proud will diminish? Hmm, well, that of course is a theological discussion of its own. But my thought is just to be sure, let's stay on the humble side. So, pride is an exaggerated view of one's importance puffed up, inflated, arrogant, haughty, showing oneself above others, and it's the opposite of humility. I can see how pride promotes strife, pride is a relative of selfishness. According to our scripture text, it promotes wars and fighting. It produces lust, murder, and covetousness. It is the spirit of the world and is enmity with God. What is enmity? Well, it's deep-rooted hatred, hostility, and ill will as between enemies. Just think, enmity with God is a deep-rooted hatred, hostility, ill will, and to be God's enemy. All of it is rooted in pride an exaggerated view of one's importance. Pride tells God you can do it without him. If I remember correctly, pride is what got Lucifer kicked out of heaven. Talk about losing grace. And then there's humility. The pericope before James 4, verse 7 says, humility cures worldliness. Let's read James 4, 7 through 10. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Those are some strong words. But I'm sure that all of us would rather side on the humility side than the pride side. It's easy to be prideful, and all of us are. at times. We're pretty prideful. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he'll lift us up. Humility is a true perspective. Pride is found upon a lie, but humility is based upon truth. I really like this particular definition of truth. Truth is the content of that which is true and thus in accordance with what actually happened. Let me read that again. Truth is the content of that which is true and thus in accordance with what actually happened. You see, Pilate asked Jesus if he was a king. Jesus said yes, and everyone who is of the truth hears his voice. That's from John chapter 18, verses 37 through 38. Then Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Pilate had no clue he was standing right in front of truth. Jesus, the truth, the life, and the way. Jesus is the content of that which is true, and thus in accordance to what actually happened. Why do we all love humility? Because it's a true perspective. They wanted to kill Christ, blaming him for pride. But in all actuality, Jesus was completely humble because he was telling the truth. Submit to God, draw near to God, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. The literal definition of humble is one who causes his heart to bow or even one who makes his heart small. Humility is the opposite of pride. Humility gives God the glory. Humility says whatever I can or have produced is only because of the talents and abilities God has given me. This is true and according to what actually happened. In the end times or last days, it seems that pride will be at an all-time high. The prideful are placed in the same category as blaspheming, disobedient, unloving, slandering, and unholy traitors, and we're to stay away from them. 2 Timothy 3, 1-5 says this, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good traitors headstrong haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away he says and in romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 32 you'll have to look that one up it includes the proud with those who are deserving of death god resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble humility cures worldliness what is worldliness simply pride. Well, this will conclude our sessions with what's so important about the book of James. I've enjoyed our time and please take the time to discover the many other subjects that he covered. I don't want to cover it all. I want to leave you something to read too. Remember, if anyone knew Jesus, James did. James never refers to Jesus as his brother. His letter is a letter of practical religion and genuine faith. And when James speaks, People listen. So join me tomorrow as we continue at the same time and in the same place with a brand new series. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Masters House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site.